Hey everybody, welcome to the DNVR Rams podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. Before we jump into the show, I want to tell you about the delicious, certified, gluten-free breads, bagels, English muffins, and other baked goods that are made right here in Johnstown, Colorado. Canyon Bakehouse's gluten, dairy, nut, and soy-free products make it easy for families to enjoy the taste and texture of fresh bread so everyone can love bread again. Find them at any major grocery store in the freezer or fresh bread aisle, or purchase online and visit canyonglutenfree.com to grab a coupon. Off a high screen, Dorian kicked to the corner, Feirano for three, it's good with the foul! And back to throw is the quarterback, and Hayward is sacked by Joey Porter. Page takes it in, scores, J.D. Stevens lets it go, and there's your touchdown. Michael Gallup. Got it down low. Hornung. Dump! And here come the students. Leading by 10. Here's Van Pelt. He's at the 5. Touchdown, Colorado State. We've got a lot of people that are interested in providing strong advisement, uh, people that have had a, a wealth of experience in college football, um, some of whom I've had long-standing relationships and, and, and others that you know, I, I haven't, but certainly they have a, a passion for CSU, so we're, you know, we're, gonna, we're not going to seek a traditional search firm relationship. Um, you know, but I think we'll be able to work in ways that we preserve, you know, confidentiality for people. But you know, I, I don't think there's going to be any shortage of, of uh, you know, close advisors that can really help us key on the right candidates. There's a particular close uh, person that was on campus, seen on campus earlier this week. I, I heard that. That part of the process. <laughs> I heard that. I, you know, I, I, and I don't, I don't know whether that is part of the process or not. But I, I did hear that this week, so that's pretty interesting. We back. We're back here. We are back in this ma. We back. Not quoting that Jason Aldean song, but we are back with another edition of the DNVRM's podcast presented by Canyon Bakehouse. That audio came from Joe Parker's Wednesday press conference. Um, Nothing super unsurprising happening, but I wanted to lead with that audio because I think it was just kind of relevant to the whole Urban Meyer discussion. And, you know, you tell me. He obviously didn't flat out confirm or deny uh, if he ended up meeting with Urban Meyer. Uh, He certainly kind of alluded to the fact that he was aware that Meyer was on the Colorado State campus. But 
honestly, I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I, I never expected them to confirm that they met with Urban to, you know, discuss the future of the program. If 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 he admits it and he tells us the truth that that, that did happen, then, you know, you open it up to all kinds of other questions because, you know, if they if he says yes, then immediately I have 500 questions about, you know, well, what did you learn from him? What did you ask him? Was he here for Alfred? Was he here to uh, give a criteria of how to build a winner at this level? I mean, Urban Meyer, more known for his work at Ohio State and Florida, but obviously certainly has the background in building programs at this level with what he was able to accomplish both at Bowling Green and Utah. Uh, but, you know, he kind of kind of evaded it. I think he was perfectly, uh, you know, just kind of ambiguous with the whole thing. And I'm sure that's what he intended to do. You know, he knew that we were going to have questions about Urban Meyer, and I'm sure he had this planned uh, ahead of time. But I just thought it was kind of funny because I think Joe really kind of teased us, you know, even before uh, Kelly Lyle of the Coloradoan actually asked him, um, you know, straight up, was Urban here? Well, he didn't actually phrase it that way. You you guys heard the question, you know, he, you know, was like the, there's a certain guy in particular that everybody knew on campus, but he, he meant Urban Meyer and Joe knew who he meant. But before that, even when they asked about the search firm, you know, he, Joe Parker was basically like, yeah, we're not gonna, we're not gonna use a traditional search firm, but there have been plenty of people that have shown a willingness to give their input in this and you know people that are well respected around college football and you know every hint in the world but didn't actually confirm that he talked with urban so i think it's i think it's cool that Myers involved in the process like i said on the podcast yesterday um if if you want to to dream that urban meyer is going to be your head coach i get it i think everybody knew that urban meyer wasn't actually uh, in the running to be head coach at CSU. I know uh, Keeler in the Denver Post and Kisla had a tweet about it. Uh, <laughs> typical Denver Post stuff. Shots at CSU, even though they're only here like two or three times a year. But, um, you know, they're not they're not plugged into the situation. So let them get their laughs off. It's, it's cool. This is why you guys follow DNVR Rams. It's why you follow uh, the local papers up here. Uh, for for coverage that's from people that are actually tuned in to the program. Um, the thing is, you know, Urban Meyer is he's a brilliant football mind. He's he's a guy who's had success just about everywhere that he's ever been, going back you know the last two decades. If you have an opportunity to pick his brain and see what he thinks, I mean, you would have to jump at that. I mean, he's. He's brilliant. I, I like like I said, regardless of what I think about him personally and honest, I really do think he's kind of a sleazy dude. I think what he did at Ohio State was gross. I think there's been proof that he covered some stuff up at Florida as well. So I don't know, Urban Meyer in in a lot of ways he rubs me the wrong way. The the holier than thou mentality and the way that he comes after coaches and criticizes them. Uh, you know, whenever someone gets a bad headline urban meyer is always the first one to make a comment about how you need to you know do things the right way and be a leader of men and all stuff and 
I'm not even saying that those are wrong. It was just super hypocritical because meanwhile, he's, you know, protecting a, in a, an abuser on his staff and lying about what he knew and the timeline and the whole ordeal. But, you know, nothing new. That is college athletics. It's a shady industry. It's a shady business. Anytime there's this much money and, you know, this much pride on the line, things are going to get complicated. But, you know, nonetheless, the fact that Urban Meyer was on the Colorado State campus and, you know, all signs point to him giving input in this process, at least initially. Uh, we don't know if it's going to be an ongoing thing or anything like that or if it was just a, you know, I'm in town, let's let's meet up and talk about a couple of things type deal. But the fact that he was here is significant. I thought it was interesting. <laughs> I thought it was really interesting to watch how everyone reacted. The bring back the stash stuff on Twitter was awesome. It really gave me a good laugh. I mean, like I said, I think most CSU fans, even that are tweeting about wanting Urban Meyer to be the coach, I think everyone uh, recognizes, at least <laughs> in their hearts, that you know this is a a long shot to say the least. You probably have better odds of landing just about anyone else. So, <laughs> I, I, like, I'm I'm trying to be as you know, diplomatic as I can about this. I don't want to come after anyone because I, I respect the, the passion and I'm not going to clown on anyone for, for dreaming big. But I do want to make it very clear that, you know, I never once thought that Urban Meyer was actually going to be a head coach at CSU. Wasn't ever trying to imply that. But interesting week. Really going to get even more interesting as this search unfolds. And that's kind of what we're going to talk about for the rest of the podcast. Just who are some of the candidates, you know, who makes sense, who doesn't make sense. There are obviously a lot of lists that are going to get thrown out. It's mostly just a crapshoot. It's everybody throwing names on the board and seeing what can stick. Some of us local guys uh, do have a little bit of input, and there are a couple of people that I have, you know, gotten word on and and pretty confident that they are, you know, strongly being considered. But CSU is going to do a, a good good job of trying to keep all of this tight. They have so far, at least, and I imagine they will moving forward. But we're going to talk about the potential candidates and more after the break. Just going to take a quick second to acknowledge our partners. Breckenridge Brewery is the Davidson's Beer, Wine, and Spirits Brewery of the Month. Download their app and enjoy a six-pack for only $7.99 all month long. You heard me right. If you download that app, you can get a six-pack of delicious Breckenridge Brew, any Breckenridge Brew, Colorado Core, Avalanche Ale, Vanilla Porter, Oatmeal Stout, you name it. Grab any six-pack for $7.99 all month long. You're not going to want to miss out on this. Breckenridge is the original Colorado beer and the official beer of DNVR Rams. Alrighty, over these last couple of minutes here, we're just going to kind of briefly glance over the the different candidates that have been mentioned in the various articles that have gone around as well as uh, my own input. I'm not going to go super in-depth with this because I did write a 1,500-word article on the subject for the subscribers. Shout out to our DNBR Ram subscribers. I got the holidays coming up. If you're not a subscriber, uh, now's the perfect time. We've got all of this, you know, CSU football content, uh, even when they name a coach, you know, the fun's not going to stop because we're going to want to talk about 
how that they can translate, you know, what they've done to Fort Collins. So definitely keep up with it. You're going to want to keep up with all things basketball. I have a 1,200-word piece on the San Diego State game as well. Uh, just some takeaways from that, what we learned. CSU men's hoops, you know, that ended up being a 22-point game. Uh, but that game was, you know, it was really a two-possession game for much of the second half. Uh, unfortunately, San Diego State just kind of proved to be too athletic, too tough for the Rams. I also think CSU's inexperience kind of showed a little bit. They got punched in the mouth and just kind of weren't able to respond. But, you know, I've said that all season. This is a team that they're going to have highs and lows. They're going to have really frustrating moments where you look at them and be like, is this the same team that I've been watching for the last two weeks? And there are going to be moments where they look awesome. And in those moments, you're going you're gonna to see what the future can potentially be. And there's just a lot to be excited about with this program. So get to Moby Arena when you can. There's some big home games coming up uh, next week. CU will be coming to town uh, on the 13th, I believe. So tons of hoops coming up. Love talking college basketball. Really looking forward to the next couple of months. Uh, we're about to jump right into the coaching candidates discussion here I, I did briefly want to bring up one thing that I forgot to mention before we uh, went to the break there and that was that it kind of cracked me up to see just it didn't crack me up that's the wrong phrase to use but it was interesting to me to see how uh, Joe, Repar Joe Parker responded yesterday at his press conference I really think it was kind of the first time we saw him uh, let down his shield a little bit, and he showed us a little bit of emotion. You saw him get uh, just a little bit testy when talking about the fans. I think, um, I think, I think people got under his skin a little bit just with how everyone had, you know, been to him this fall. And you know, I'm not, I'm not saying you're wrong. I, I will say that some of the fans were ruthless to say the least, but. You know, in the end, you got what you were what you were hoping, and you got the change. So maybe that's that's what it took. Uh, you know, who am I to criticize for that? I'm not sure I would have uh, been quite so ruthless on Twitter as some of the people were at times. But I get it. That is the game. People were fed up. They wanted change. Well, they've got change, and now that they do, uh, Joe kind of put the pressure on the fans, basically saying like, "All right, like we're making this change. It's." It's now on you guys to support the program. And, uh, you know, he talked about, he walked it back a little bit, just kind of talking about how he would want to emphasize to the fans just how important they are uh, to the program. But I just think, you know, reading between the lines a little bit there, it, 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 his true colors kind of showed a little bit. And I think, you know, the CSU fans just, you know, got under his skin a little bit this fall. And, you know, I think that, I think that makes sense. We're all human. Um, Joe made a commitment to Mike Bobo. It didn't play out the way he was hoping. Him and Mike Bobo were really close, you know, to basically be criticized for that decision repeatedly over the last couple of years and be told how much, uh, you know, that decision sucked from fans over and over again. Um, I'm sure it was just hard to take. So you, you recognize that these guys are human, and Joe is always really good about, you know, being political and and taking the smart approach with these things and even so in this press conference I think he did 
uh, a really good job. I just, you know, with the relationship that he has with Mike Bobo, it was a, a tough situation where he had to come out and talk about firing someone who he considers to be a, a close friend of his. And I think that would be a hard moment for all of us. So kudos to Joe Parker for for handling a difficult situation. I think he deserves a lot of credit for getting that buyout reduced to $1.8 million. Uh, obviously, he would you know, deserve the blame for giving him the extension in the first place and losing $1.8 million isn't a perfect uh, situation. But any time that you fire a coach that you made a serious commitment to, it's always going to cost the school a little bit and all in all I think he's handled it well the the big thing now will be can he hire the right guy because you know as I've said this next hire will define Joe Parker's legacy at CSU you know the the securing the naming rights the the scheduling all of that it's great and he deserves props for that but you know people are going to win remember wins and losses at the end of the day and he's got to he's got to bring in somebody that's going to win some games or you know that's the only thing that people will remember so good luck to Joe in this i do not envy him it's it's going to be a a tough situation but you know if they're consulting the right people and they're they're looking at everything that they should be looking at i think you know they they should be able to to land a pretty decent candidate pool because this is one of the premier G5 gigs in America. If you're looking at just everything that CSU has to offer from the on-campus stadium, just the overall facilities and, and the training thing and the training room and all the everything that comes with it, the Under Armour, the swag, the location, CSU's just reputation as a whole. I mean, this is a, this is a great place and, I think there's potential to to really take the program to the next level. So I'm I'm very interested to see who he picks. And with that in mind, let's just kind of talk about a couple of the the people that have come up frequently. You know, some of the I'm gonna start with just a couple of the people that I've seen thrown out there that I don't really see being a great fit. Uh, one of them from that football scoop article, Todd Graham, former Arizona State coach. I get he has the resume, but something about him has always just rubbed me the wrong way. I know that's not necessarily, um, you know, a great justification for why I wouldn't hire him, but he's just not a guy, one, that I see being a fit, but two, that I just see being the right fit for this program. I don't know, just have a tough time buying Todd Graham. Uh, Another name that I was really surprised when I saw it in the first place, but that was Jeff Tedford of Fresno State came out in that Football Scoop article as well. It really didn't make any sense. Tedford's gone uh, to the Mountain West Championship twice in three years at Fresno State. And then, you know, tonight it actually came out that he's stepping down at Fresno State uh, due to health reasons. So it seems highly improbable that he is going to be at CSU anytime soon. It, It really seemed not likely even before. But now it basically seems like their their sources got some incorrect information. It sounds like they got found out that he was potentially leaving. It just turns out it doesn't isn't likely going to be for another gig. It's due to health reasons. So interesting. Jeff Tedford no longer at Fresno State. That's definitely going to be you know I'll be curious to see how they, that plays out. 
will certainly have a great impact on the West Division. Uh, they've been a team that, you know, they didn't make a bowl game this year, but they've really helped control the West over the last couple of years. San Diego State back in control this year along with Hawaii, but interesting, interesting, interesting. Uh, one of the names that was on there that I, I did like is Steve Sarkeesian at Alabama, at least in terms of his offensive background. Uh, really a brilliant play caller. I'm an Alabama fan, so I've I've gotten to follow Sarkeesian pretty extensively since he took over the play calling gigs before the 2017 National Championship game. Uh, he took over those duties, obviously, when Lane Kiffin went to FAU. Kiffin, another guy I'm interested to see if he'll actually stay at Florida Atlantic for the long haul. I think Kiffin is a guy who can really be a a really successful head coach. I think Lane Kiffin understands how to recruit. I think he gets the the landscape. I think he's just a dude that probably got head coaching gigs too early because of his dad and crashed and burned, probably uh, had a little bit of an ego to him. Or definitely, I guess I would say, with just how he handled things at Tennessee and USC and, and that whole situation. But he's he's definitely a brilliant football mind. In a lot of ways, I kind of feel like Josh McDaniels uh, at the NFL is a is a good comparison for him because they're guys who clearly showed at a young age that they have great potential to be leaders in this industry, uh, but maybe didn't know quite as much as they thought they did. And so when they got those positions, they just you know flew a little too close to the sun. In the end, though, I'm pretty confident that somewhere down the line Lane Kiffin is going to take another power five gig and he's probably going to have a lot of success if we're being honest but keeping things on track here let's let's jump back to CSU another name that's come up kind of frequently is Nick Rolovich Nick Rolovich would make a lot of sense to me in terms of if you were from CSU's perspective he's a, a coach I would try and target I don't know if Nick Rolovich would leave Hawaii for another school in the Mountain West. He played quarterback at Hawaii. He's coached there for a long time, uh, been the head coach since 2015, had quite a bit of success. The The argument for Rolovich coming to CSU would obviously be it's easier to recruit here. CSU has significantly better facilities, that whole ordeal, you know, probably easier to consistently win in the long term, but I just have a really hard time seeing Rolovich, you know, leaving his alma mater like that, a place he has great passion for, for basically a lateral move. I do think, you know, CSU is a a better football institution than Hawaii, at least historically. I do think it has better potential moving forward. There are just so many hurdles at Hawaii, and that travel just makes things a nightmare and, and really hard for them to to do much more than really what they did this season. It's about the about the ceiling for what you can accomplish there. But I really respect Rolovich. I think he's a really great play caller. I love watching Hawaii's offense. They've been one of my favorite teams to watch really over the last two or three years now. I've kind of paid attention to him for since that uh, since the thriller they had at the on campus stadium in 2017. But yeah, or 2018, excuse me. But uh, some of the let's let's move on. Some of the candidates that I'm really interested in that I think could come are, you know, Billy Napier of Louisiana. 
he's had a ton of success there this year. He's coached, you know, all over Clemson, South Carolina, Alabama, spent the 2012 season as the quarterback's coach and assistant head coach to Jim McElwain at CSU. The one downside with Napier is I've kind of heard that he didn't necessarily love his time at CSU, and that would kind of make sense because he ultimately left after one season for a lesser role at Alabama, bigger program, and potentially more money. I'm not really sure how that ended up working out financially, but the fact that he went from being the quarterback's coach and assistant head coach at CSU uh, to just a wide receiver's coach at Alabama was interesting to me. He stayed there for a couple of years, four years to be exact, and then took over Arizona State as an offensive coordinator, had great success there, has had you know, a ton of success at Louisiana over in the last two seasons, gone to bowl games both years, led them to their first 10-win season in at least 40 years. That was as far back as college football reference went with their records. I'm not sure when the Louisiana Raging Cajuns were first established. That was something I probably should have looked up, but I really like Napier. I like what he could bring offensively. I think he has the perfect resume. The uh, The big question would be, one, is he interested in taking another G5 gig because he can probably land a Power 5 gig now, and if not, he can definitely do it soon especially if he continues to win. I'll be interested, but I really like him a lot. Another guy that I would target pretty heavily, Jim Levitt, currently a analyst at Florida State. Levitt's 63 years old, and that's my biggest concern with him. You know, I, I don't think recruiting would be a big issue. I mean, he's been active and working in programs over the last decade, so it's not like he's unaware of what the system is like. And he certainly has, you know, the defensive track record as an OC at Oregon and Colorado, both places he was pretty successful, was a, was a successful head coach at South Florida, made bowl games in 11 of 13, made the postseason, I should say, in 11 of 13 years. But also his time at Florida State ended because he choked and smacked a player and lied about it to the school. That's kind of a, that's kind of a sketchy situation to get down. It's kind of like, Sarkeesian and you know Sarkeesian had some of his demons in the past and it seems like he's kind of put those behind him but anytime you have somebody who was fired from their program in a you know not traditional way you're, you're gonna at least have some qualms because CSU's already been down this path with Larry Eustacey um, I'm not saying Jim Levitt is Larry Eustacey but you know you can't ignore what happened at Florida or at South Florida and why he got fired there. That said, I think he's, you know, more than proven. He deserves a second chance. I think he has the track record. I think he would succeed at CSU. And one of the things that intrigues me about Levitt is also his age. I, you know, it, it kind of concerns me that he's older, but the fact that he's 63, if he came here and succeeded, the odds that he would use it as a stepping stone, I think it's a little bit slimmer. I think it's kind of like Craig Bull at Wyoming in a sense where if he landed this gig, it's kind of the the perfect spot for him to finish his career. So I would really keep an eye on Levitt. I've kind of heard that he's a guy that CSU is interested in. So just keep an eye on him because I think he's going to end up being one of the leading candidates. 
Uh, the, the candidate that all the CSU fans have been talking about, obviously, is Tony Alford, the running game coordinator, assistant he- head coach to the offense at Ohio State, whatever that means. That's his official title, assistant head coach to the offense. That seems very complicated. I think he's basically their offensive coordinator, but not technically because he's not calling plays. It's a weird deal. Super weird deal. But he would obviously bring passion for the program. I don't think it would hurt uh, from a diversity perspective for CSU to invest in an, in an African-American head coach. I think he's has the, you know, Urban Meyer and the right people stumping for him. But with JP wanting the next head coach to have, you know, head coaching experience, I don't know, it's probably going to be an uphill sell for, for him. And, you know, Parker really doubled down on that. He kind of talked about it multiple times in that press conference. So it really kind of seems like he's trying to set CSU fans up uh, for that. It seems like they have somebody else in mind, but we'll see. I'm sure he will be in the running. And if, you know, like I said, if Meyer was making the case for him, then, you know, I'm, I'm sure he'll have a chance. But it, it would make me a little bit nervous just given that CSU can't afford to miss on this next hire Uh, They really have to bring some life back to the program and generate some excitement. So I just think there's a lot of pressure for this next hire to be a success. But we will see. It'll be interesting. Definitely keep up with DNVR Rams throughout it all. If you have somebody you would like to see hired, you know, whether it's one of these guys, Bo Baldwin, uh, someone else, tweet it at us. Let's keep this discussion going. It's it's fun to debate it all. I, I love this process, so going to be a fun next couple of days we got the csu men's basketball game coming up on saturday against boise state kind of a must win after losing to the aztecs wednesday night have csu volleyball taking on south carolina in the ncaa tournament Uh, that game will be in seattle washington Uh, so all kinds of stuff coming up for csu exciting time to be a ram fan exciting time to be a dnvr subscriber hope everyone has a or had a great thursday hope everyone has a great friday depending on when you're listening to this podcast and yeah take care much love Machetes at a deli in New Delhi Feeling scummy like Martin Scarelli Turn jam into jelly then drink it like juice But water's the truth so I sip on that too Skinny looking kid with no car keys Like the only thing I drive is RCRV's Got the stash like Steve Harvey Oh I'm gnarly like not from